everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports and Spaghetti Podcast, your favorite place for hot meals and hot takes. I am Anthony, joined with Mr. Christopher Walker. Yeah, yeah, And what do we got on the docket today, Mr. Chris? It's a Chris cooking week. We got pizza, a pizza pie, done four ways. It's not the four ways that you might think. It wasn't like pepperoni uh, and other stuff. It was cheese... Uh, it was, well, I guess it was more of a margarita. Yeah, it was close. Uh, to margarita. margarita. It was the fresh mozzarella. Yep. Uh, it was it was the homemade dough. It was the whole day's worth the uh, cooking of the dough, preparing and fermenting. Um, but but we cooked them kind of four different ways. They there were four completely different pies. Um, yeah, Anthony uh, cooked two of them in his uh, on on his grill. And his grill, what is it? It's a... Uh, so, I have a combination. My dad got this for me uh, for Christmas two years ago. I know he listens. Shout out, Big Bry. Um, but it is a combination of a smoker and a grill. So, it's a pellet. It's essentially a pellet-fired grill with it has a you know digital thing where, let's say, if, we, if I want to do a cold smoke, I can do a cold smoke. If I want to get it to 350, I can get it to 350. So, what I did here, I kind of did my best to make it like a brick oven, and I cranked it all the way up to high. We got to about uh, 550 degrees on the, um, on the hood thermometer, and uh, that's just straight open, you know, fire underneath. It smells great. It's, it's essentially, like I said, it's a pellet-fired grill. Um, we got it nice and hot, and... I liked it. I think it came out wonderful. I think it was absolutely great. And what was interesting about it um, was that it it really had that it 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 had that um, that brick oven or that that wood fired taste. Yes, it did capture the flavor of the wood fire. Who's here? Hi, Sabrina. Hi, baby. That's my daughter, Sabrina. You can't see her, but she's here. Last episode was brought to you by her. She's, what is this? A duck? playing with a ducky. A duck? Ducky? So anyway, it had that wood-fired taste. Um, and the other two we did were in the conventional oven, which also came out really nice. And honestly, I think the key, as we've seen, as I've seen in, in a million times that I've made pizza... Is the dough really makes a difference? Oh yeah, this dough. I, I've made a lot of pizza, homemade pizza, and what we usually used to do back in the days, we'd go to uh, one of our local pizza places. They'll sell dough for you, or we go to uh, you know Stop and Shop, and they have them you know in the bag, or like it's the regular dough or the fried dough or whatever you want to call it. Um, we would do that, but in this case, we went ahead and uh, Chris actually made some really good pizza dough, and. This is out of a book, I believe it's a recipe book, that was given to him by his lovely wife, Melissa. Yes, um, it was called, um, it's by Mark Vetri. It's by Mark Vetri, and it was. Uh, it's about how to make pizza. I think it's called The Art of Pizza or something like that. Uh, and like Aunt said, when you get dough from a grocery store, or if you whip one up quick, that's like a five, ten minute... Uh, Warm water and yeast, and then and then a little sugar, a little olive oil. Takes ten minutes to come together, and then you can bake it right away. You just you just don't get the same quality. You don't get the same product no. at all. No. Because what ends up happening today 
is when you let it sit for six, seven, eight hours, nine hours, like we did today, the ferment, then I shape them again. I cut them into four pieces, let them ferment some more at room temperature. You can stretch it out and it's not going to break. It doesn't break it. It stretches out like you'd see in a pizzeria. Yeah. When I make the five minute dough or if I buy it at the store and then and then you use it, especially if you don't let it warm up enough, it breaks. It breaks really easy because the air bubbles are all gone. It's been over stretched and over kneaded and, uh, and it just creates issues and, and it breaks and then it sticks to the pan because the sauce gets through. It's a mess. This didn't happen today. No, no, Chris, we talked about this before. Enlighten me and enlighten our listeners on what the, um, the, the, what is it? The humidity level? Not the humidity level. I apologize. Oh, the hydration. The hydration level. I'm sorry. Wrong H word. But explain what hydration level in dough is and what it does. So the hydration in a, in a pizza dough is the water content. It's how much water is present in the dough. So usually, from what I've read and experienced, the lower hydration you have, the higher temperature you're going to want the oven. So a lot of places that cook pizza in a brick oven or a coal-fired oven or even a wood, you know, a wooden oven, uh, they cook it at like eight or nine hundred degrees for a couple minutes. When you have pizza, like everybody talks in Connecticut about peppies, I know I say sometimes that I don't like peppies. It's fine. It's just not my favorite. But pizza like that. They cook at a high temperature for not a long time. When you have a 60% hydration, then you can do that. You can cook for like two or three minutes at 800 degrees. That's fine. What I, what I did and what I do for a home oven or you know a conventional oven uh, is a 70% Naples dough, it's called. It's an old-fashioned Naples uh, pizza dough. A Napoletana a dough, 70%. That's where I'm from. That's, yeah. Io sono di Naples. <laughs> anyway, with the 70% hydration, it allows it allows the, the humid oven, because it's not super dry heat, allows the oven to dry it out itself. It kind of, it just cooks the whole thing better. It doesn't burn as easily because there's more water in it. Uh, it does. It doesn't get as crispy. It allows a little bit of a chew, so that's the hydration. It's a boring lesson, but uh, but it's fun when you're doing it because uh, it really does. It's fun to know how to do it. Yeah, it's super, and it's something really cool to just know about. And like, I really recommend it. It's not hard to do, and it just takes a little bit of time. You have to. You you can start it in the morning, especially on a weekend if you don't work on the weekends like me, being a teacher. If you don't work on the weekends, you can do it. You start it in the morning on Sunday, and you can make it in the evening. You just gotta have some time. Yeah, and what was see what was great? What I really liked about um, the the grill, we'll call it, rather than the the convention oven, is it did have that char on the bottom because obviously it. it's right op- it's over an open flame, like you would you know grill a burger or something like that. Um, so it did have that very very crisp bottom, but the top. And the, the crust, the very, very thin crust he made was almost chewy, which I really, really like. Whereas 
in the oven, you have more of a snappy, I don't want to say crackery because that's just not, it's not even close to what it was, but it has that snappier feel rather than something It's almost like it's, a breadstick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I liked, that's just me personally. Um, but I mean, they were all great. Now let's go into a little easy pizza sauce. I think it was great. Chris, how did you make that today? Well, I honestly kind of just throw stuff together now that I've been making sauce for a little while. I've made a bunch of pizza sauce. I've made a bunch of pasta sauce. I always use my Grammy's uh, sauce recipe when I make sauce. I, I don't venture far from that uh, as I just I just can't bring myself to. But when I make a quick pizza sauce, I take, and this is the key, I'm going to sound like so hoity-toity about this and I'm not, trust me. You got to use San Marzano tomatoes. For, I, it, because I, honestly, you try you try the San Marzano, and then you try the bargain brand, and and there's a difference. There's a distinct difference. And yes, the ones that are ten for eight at the store on sale are good, but when you can get the San Marzano, it's a little, it's a lot more, not a little more, but it just it creates this velvety taste. So it's the San Marzano. Uh, tomatoes. I hand crush them with clean hands. You start the in the pan with a little olive oil and the garlic. Then you, you crush the tomatoes by hand. I did not use the extra tomato juice in the can because I wanted a thick sauce. Salt and pepper and then Italian seasoning and some extra oregano. That's it. Anthony said it needed more salt. I put more salt and it was fabulous. I mean, it was wonderful too. It was very, very simple. And for something like a, you know, a margarita pizza that we were doing, um, it's really all you needed. You didn't need this whole ten-hour sauce. And I swear to God, if I hear anybody call it gravy, I'm talking to you, Demersky. Demersky, don't even <laughs> start with the gravy. It's a sauce. So you don't need this whole five, seven-hour sauce. You don't need this a lot of stuff. Essentially, what Chris was saying is, you need tomatoes, you need some fresh herbs, you need some spice. That's about it. And and really about fifteen minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it goes it goes super quick. Um, a lot of the times, if, if it gets a little watery, you could simmer it. And that's um, and that was a question I, I had because a lot of the times when I make sauce for quick stuff, it gets a little bit watery. And Anthony very smartly said, well, just turn it on a little bit more. It'll cook off some, some more. And I was like, let's try it. Boom. And yeah. it was exactly how we wanted it. Oh, it was it was wonderful. And now, Chris, the only this is going to be a bold take. I would take a Connecticut-grown, fresh out of my garden tomato over a canned San Marzano. Oh, of course. That's the only. That's the only thing I wanted to say. So it's well, even, yeah. Not even that much of a hot. And tape. in the summer, we will. Oh yeah, absolutely. You'll get some. You'll get some content of us gardening. We might have clothes on. Who knows? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Shirtless in the garden sure. with Anthony and Chris. <laughs> Next segment will be on Patreon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Drop the link. <laughs> we'll crush the tomatoes by feet. You can see it. Oh, not like Lucy <laughs> and Ethel. Hold on, that it was Lucy. Oh, Mamma mia! <laughs> That's a spicy meatball. Oh man. Okay. So let's let's transition. How do we transition let's, out of that? Let's transition from our food talk. Um, let's get into some sports here. And NHL, we had the trading deadline. We talked about that previously. Um, so Chris has a pretty cool 
Um, little idea. It is March, March Madness. March Madness means brackets. So, Chris, explain to the viewers what we're doing here. Of course we got the bracket. As the Legos go in the background. Uh, hold on. They are not Legos. Oh, unless Lego would the, like to throw us a sponsor. Yeah, throw us the sponsor. Otherwise, they're just connecting blocks of various colors. Okay, so I love the brackets. All right? I love brackets. I do I do brackets a lot. I, I, I love brackets. Anyhow, this is the worst... NHL player this season bracket. Okay? okay. It's brought to you by uh, Sabrina Walker uh, and her father. So, what this is, and every week uh, of March, starting with this episode, we're going to do another round of the bracket. Okay? This is going to take the longest because I got to explain it. It's the first round. There's 16 players. Okay. Okay? I took the time in my busy, busy schedule. To to uh <laughs> to compile sixteen of the worst players in the NHL this season. Now this is not a far cry from my segment in no particular order because I'm used to um to poo pooing everybody. Uh, it's what I do. So, with all due respect to all of these players because they're far more successful at my sport than me. Um, so the way we're gonna do this is I'm gonna ask Anthony his opinion and that's and we're gonna vote on it together. So we'll do the 116, the 215, and so on and so forth. And that'll be the first round. And that'll be hockey for today. Yes. Let's get right into it. Anthony Panthony. Number one versus number 16. I decided to throw us two St. Louis Blues players. Can we have in the two one, losers? Can we have to, <laughs> in the first round is two St. Louis Blues. The the 16 is Jordan Cairo, who's a guy I actually like a lot. I like to watch him. He's a good hockey player. He's a great NHLer. Good leader. Not good season for him. He leads the league in what in his the worst plus minus at minus 33. That means if you're not familiar with plus minus, he's been on the ice for 33 more goals against than he's been on the ice for goals for. That's a minus 33 goal differential, plus minus. Okay, so that's the 16. And going against him in the number one slot, and there's a reason for this, a good, good one, uh, is Jordan Binnington. He's the goaltender, the starting goalie uh, for the St. Louis Blues. Not only is his 331 goals against average and 894 save percentage lackluster, he's also a huge baby. Um, against the Islanders a couple months ago, um, he he knocked Ilya Sorokin down after the second period. The goaltender who doesn't even show any emotion to anything good or bad, he bumps him and he Sorokin just looks back at him and is like, what's your problem? He's done this. He's broken the sticks. He throws tantrums. He thinks he's the best. You're not. You had one good year. What do you think? Uh, you mentioned and you left off on you had one good year. Unfortunately, that was a year where he indeed won the Stanley Cup. Um, but uh, without saying it, I'm going to say it. Um, in Shades of Dad, Taylor Lewan, uh 
Jordan Bennington. That was Jordan Bennington. Jordan uh, Bennington. So F Jordan Bennington. Uh, Jordan Bennington. You could be bad. You could be a baby. You cannot be a bad baby. Next on the docket. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Jay uh, Bennington. Okay. 12 versus the five. 12 is a player on the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you can believe that, they're having another very good season. They've slid off as of late the last week or so. But they're not worried about the playoffs. They got playoff Vassy coming. They're fine. But the player at number 12 is Pat Maroon. Okay? Patty Maroon. 105 penalty minutes leads the league. That's not a good or a bad stat. Again, he's a guy that stands up for teammates. Not a lot of guys like to mess with him. But on a team as good as Tampa Bay, he's got a minus four rating, only two goals and seven assists in 65 games played this season. So he's my 12 spot. I think he's at the end of his career. And so that's why I put him here. Um, I don't think he has a chance against the number five pick, but the number five pick is Jack Campbell, the goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, following up what was a near Vezina caliber season last year with an 882 save percentage and a goals against average north of 3.5. His goals saved above average is minus 20.9. That's a that's a little bit of a um, a saber metric a stat. He's letting in a lot of goals more than the average of what he should be allowing. Uh, yeah, that's my twelve versus five. Uh, I don't see an upset here. I think it's Jack Campbell, and not not only because of his bad performance, but when you have a team with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, let's just give two names out of that absolutely stacked team. Right, of the Oilers, I of forgot Oilers, to say. Right. Yes, I uh, forgot. When that. you have Leon Draisaitl and you have um, Connor McDavid, uh, mm, there's no reason you shouldn't be leading. Uh, you should, the, the, There's no reason you shouldn't be a cup favorite. Edmonton is not a cup favorite, and it's because they have to win games 7-6. to six. All the time they're winning games like that. They don't get, they don't have the D and they don't have the goaltending to bail out the defense. And so I agree. So we have Bennington and Campbell so far. Now, we have Philip Kurashev on uh, Chicago, who's a minus 30. Chicago's had a disaster of a season. They're in the Connor Bedard running, uh, which would not be a disaster at all. Uh, he's the 11 and number six, another Tampa Bay Lightning player. And the reason why he's on the list is because of his uh, point shares. A point share in the NHL is how many points one player alone has earned their team towards the standings in a season. So he, uh, again, on a team like Tampa, he's a minus seven overall plus minus and a negative 0.1 point share. So that means that when he's on the ice, it's a detriment to the team. There's your 11-6. I think this is going to be our first upset solely because I can understand you could have a bad season on a bad team, but Bellamere's having a bad season on a great team. The team is picking up his slack. We'll give him We'll give him a pass. I think the 11 seed is going to move on here. I think Kurashev moves on too. He's a minus 30. Yeah, that's not good. 15 versus 2. Okay. Now, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. 
I knew his name. He's a new Ranger acquisition. It's Jake Leskiskin. Leskiskin. That's what it is. Leskiskin. Leskishin. Leskishin. Jakey L. Jakey L. <laughs> Leskishin. 35 games played, zero points. Why did I put him on here besides the fact that he's a Ranger? Because he has played more games than anybody else this season that doesn't have a point. Oh, well. Yes, he's a defenseman. That doesn't matter. Defensemen get points all the time. They're not going to lead the league in goals. But, I mean, Eric Carlson has 80-plus points right now. Come on. No points, 35 games. He's the number 15. I've got a lot of goalies on this list because I'm a goalie. Number two, and this could have been one. Number two is Calvin Peterson of the LA Kings. Really of the of the Monarchs in the AHL. <laughs> he was the starting goalie for the Kings this year, Anthony. He played 10 games. His goals against average was 3.75 and his save percentage was 8.68. He got sent down. And now he's nowhere to be found. Oh boy, I think we have another upset. I, I wanna I wanna say I wanna say JKL because you're playing thirty five games and you're physically giving nothing to your team. I love you that. are a body, you are running around. Uh you are the JaVale McGee on skates. <laughs> JaVale McGee Peterson, yes, he played very badly. He got sent down. But somehow the Kings are a two seed in the West. So is it a detriment to his team? Yes. If he's, you know, a detriment if he's on the ice, yes. But he's, guess what, he's a monarch right now. And if for some reason L.A. makes a run to the cup, guess who's getting a ring, baby? Yeah, Calvin play Peterson. And you never know. Injuries happen. He could come up and be important. Exactly. Um, so I think, I think getting demoted and doing a decent job in the – AHL, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, then just being a body on skates in the <laughs> NHL. I like it. Uh, I, I'm going. I'm going with the big upset. I'm. I'm. I'm taking 15 I'll, over two. I'll take any Rangers player. Oh, that, that had a little bit to do with it too. I'll take it. All right. Second half. Number three, Frank Vetrano of the Anaheim Ducks. He has negative Fenwick and Corsi numbers percentages, which are the saber metrics that. Um, that talk about possession. Those are the possession numbers. He, uh, When he's on the ice, the other team has the puck a lot, is what it's saying. Um, the other thing is his expected plus minus is negative 28.1. Um, that's because he's on a really bad team, but he's playing bad hockey. When you have all negative percentages on your stat line, it jumps out to me, and he's one of the only guys that does. So he's my number three. Number 14 is Peter Morazic of the Chicago Blackhawks. Of goalies that have played fewer than 40 games, he's the only one that's allowed more than 100 goals. Yes, he's on a bad team, but 113 goals against in 32 games is a lot of goals against. And so he's my 14, Anthony. No upset here, Frank Vetrano. It's okay to be a bad goalie on a bad team with no defense. It's okay. He still has a job. Hey, you know what? They might win the lottery. They might get Bedard. He might look a little better next year. Frank Vetrano, you can't have negative everythings. Next. Next. <laughs> 10 versus 7. Now, this one's going to be a little bit tight, and this one might ruffle some feathers in this household. 
The number 10 is Luke Glendening of the Dallas Stars. Okay? Luke Glendening of the Dallas Stars, Anthony. He has a negative one point share on a good team. Again, the point shares are how many points have you earned your team in the standings this season? Well, he's cost his team one point. Okay? The worst players are costing their team like two and three. He's cost his team one whole point in the standings with his poor play this season. He's not had a good season. He's played a lot of games. Your point share is in the negative. That's not good. It's just not. The number seven is Elvis. Oh, Elvis. Elvis Merz-Lincolns on the Blue Jackets again. It's a bad team. It's a sad team. Uh, eight of his 29 starts have been quality starts. Only eight. A quality start is like a quality start in baseball. Six innings, three runs. Well, that's giving up fewer than three goals a game. His goals against average is 4.10. And his save percentage is 8.80. His record is 7.17-2. It speaks for itself. What do you think? Elvis may have left the building, but Elvis is not leaving this bracket. <laughs> uh, Elvis, I'm not even going to give that last name a chance. Right Merz-Lincolns. Thank you. Elvis Merz-Lincolns. Uh, you've moved on in our bracket of worst NHL player. That's right. Two more to do. The 9-8. Seth Jones of the Blue, of the Blackhawks. Listen, these players are not playing well. Seth Jones, the defenseman, great defenseman. Not a good season. And again, I know it's a bad team, but you can still have good numbers. He has a 45.4% Corsi 4. Something under 50% is bad. Usually 49, 48 is the lower mediocre numbers. He's at 45.4. That's he, he basically doesn't have the puck 55% of the time he's on the ice. The other team has the puck 55% of the time. And when you think about it that way, you're defending in your own zone most of the time. That's not good. You want to be pushing the play. He's 9, 8 is Nils, Nils Aman. On Vancouver, Vancouver's had a very iffy season. His face-off percentage is 37.7%. Uh, it's the worst among uh, centermen who have taken at least 100 draws. Uh, and he has a minus 9 rating, Anthony. I'm going to give Nils the benefit of the doubt here because Vancouver's still winning. Uh, Seth Jones, you got to have... You gotta have the puck to score, and you gotta score to win the game. There's a reason the Blackhawks are nowhere near as good as they used to be. Seth Jones, you are moving on. Very good. And the last one, this is my favorite one. This is the best one. Number thirteen, and I and I was very generous because this could have been number one, Aunt. This could have been number one. Hey, Josh Bailey, who ha? Josh Bailey's number thirteen. My wife, Melissa, is going to love this. Only eight goals. He's a body out there. He has real cute kids. Okay? He has very beautiful children. Great dad. Okay? I respect to him as a dad. He's just... He's played a lot of games for the Islanders. I don't... Not good. He's just... He's just a pylon out there. Okay? He's a pylon. 48.4 Corsi percentage. Um... Only eight goals. He scored a couple lately. It was even worse than that a week ago. Ah, 
Bailey. It's always Bailey. I love to hate the guy. He's on the list. He had to. And then the last one, the number four, is Jonathan Drouin. Okay? Of the Montreal Canadiens. He scored his first goal of the season a couple weeks ago. Until that, he had not scored. He's had a disastrous campaign with the uh, Montreal Canadiens. A disastrous tenure there. Up and down. He started his career with the Lightning. It's been very up and down, tumultuous. Uh, he he kind of likes to fight back with the media and with the team. He likes to bend the rules. Net minus 14 overall, plus minus. One goal in 43 games. He's my uh, number four amp. We've all been through dry spells, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> but Jonathan Drouin, your dry spell is too much. You're moving on. You're moving on. <laughs> I had to put Bailey on the list. Just to say it, he he had to be. It couldn't be. I, in fact, he was the first person I he thought of. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> and I knew, and I knew there, there were so many players that are worse. And really, he might not even have deserved to be on the list. Uh, but I had to do it uh, because I love him, and I and I I love to hate him, and I hate to love him. Anyway, that was the first round of our bracket. Um, round two will be next weekend, and we'll do the what is it? Elite eight. I can't say that. I'm not sure. allowed to say no, that. That's, the yeah, the best, right. the best eight. Beep. The eight. Yes. The extreme ocho. Yeah, and nice. that's about how long I thought that would take. Wonderful. Wonderful. Let's move on. Let's move on to the NFL. Uh, let's bring it around. Let's start with some heartbreaking news. If you're a Chicago Bears fan, because you're not picking at number one overall, my team, the Carolina Panthers, are picking at number one. Now people say the Panthers got fleeced. This and that. Listen to me. Our friends. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. You are moving from pick nine to pick one. That is called a pick swap. That means you swap picks. I don't know how to simplify that. So the Chicago Bears are not getting two first round picks. They're getting one pick and a pick swap. So they're moving up with... One, uh, they're moving back from one to nine. What that gets them is that nets them a first round draft pick next year, a second round draft pick this year. Not the Carolina Panthers, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, which the Panthers got in the Christian McCaffrey trade. Um, the uh, a second round pick next year, um, which I believe might be, I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, San Francisco's. And the big shocker, DJ Moore. Um, now I talked about this in my uh, I talked about this in my redraft that mm-hmm. you guys will see on yep. Instagram and TikTok. Um, DJ Paid your respects. Yes, DJ Moore. Um, I don't think the guy gets enough credit. Um, I always thought he was an underrated guy, but the the guy has put up I think I believe three or four straight thousand yard seasons, and that's with. The corpse of Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, uh, Tyler, Taylor Heineke, um, who else started for? I mean, not good quarterback. So he's been consistent when consistency is all we had, right? Um, thank you, DJ Moore. Yeah, he had a thousand plus. Yeah. Uh, 2019, 20, and 21. He had 888. No, that's, uh, that's 2022. Um, Still. But say, again, um, thank you for everything, DJ Moore. Uh, you were a great Panther, one of my favorite Panthers. But I hope you do great things with the Bears. But now, Chris, what did what did we receive? You may ask. We received the first overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. 2023. I'm sorry. First overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Now, 
that is going to open up a door of possibilities. Why, you ask? Because that is most likely going to be a quarterback. That is most likely, in my opinion, we will release in 2023 mock draft soon, so you'll see the rest of this. This is most likely, in my opinion, I want to say Bryce Young. Um, this stuff he does is great. He has a great brain, a great football brain, great quarterback brain. But I think it's going to be Bryce Young. And what that does is that opens up uh, the ability to go and get other players on some uh, on some bigger contracts. You can sign some you know star players on some bigger contracts because you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. And you see what that does with a team like um, – Cincinnati with um, Joe Burrow on a rookie contract. They can spend a little more money. Now, granted, he's going to get paid, and he's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he deserves it. But all of these guys on rookie contracts, you can then dish out more money to skill positions. Now, let's take a look. Now, let's not necessarily segue, but... Well, I wanted. Uh, to, I was going to ask you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I, was, I had a question for you about the Panthers, and... With this pick, and you're saying they're going to take a QB, right? Obviously, there's a need there. What about this upcoming season as a fan? And maybe to somebody who's looking at it neutrally or other fans of the Panthers. What are you expecting in terms of performance this season? Are you okay with this being a year where they're figuring things out? Are you expecting there to be a playoff run? What what are you, what's the barometer on this team right okay, now? Okay, so me personally, I might think you know super optimistic Panther fan, maybe a little biased. I think the Panthers are going to run it. They're going to run it in the NFC South for very 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 long time, in my opinion. And by that, I mean probably about four years because we know NFL stands for not for long. Anyway, um, I think they're going to I think they're going to win that division. It's a very 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 weak division. Um, I mean, people can say the Saints because they got Derek Carr. That's a whole other thing. Derek Carr's stats were almost identical to the conglomerate of Saints stats, and they're paying Derek Carr $100 million more, which, haha, um, I hate the Saints. Anyway, um, I think Carolina makes the playoffs in a very weak NFC South, and I sincerely think they can make some noise just because of the fact that when you have a rookie quarterback – what are things to build, you know, what are things a rookie quarterback can lean on? A great offensive line, specifically a great pass-blocking offensive line, and a great run game. And guess what the Carolina Panthers have? They have a great offensive line, and they have a great running game. Um, so I think that will alleviate a lot of pressure. And my, my whole point was, after this season... Next season, the Panthers have, I believe, $150 million of cap space, and that's the big wide receiver free agency crop. So that's C.D. Lamb, that's Justin Jefferson, that's uh, Jake Jettas, that's, I think, Mike Evans is a free agent. Just a whole a whole crop of A-tier guys. Um, but I think there are options for the Panthers, right? Terrace Marshall Jr., he was on that LSU National Championship team. He played, you know, kind of third fiddle to... Um, uh, to Justin Jefferson and um, Jamar Chase, he was that third wide receiver um, in that room, and he was, I mean, unbelievable red zone threat. He was great. I think he had every pass or every target he had in the red zone was caught. I don't think he had a single red zone drop. Obviously, we're not seeing the same amount of production in the his professional career, but 
Alas, I think Terrace Marshall Jr. is pretty good. Um, they have Visca Chenault, who they got last year from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I only really see him as a gadget player. I think he gets the ball in his hands, and he can do some really cool things after the catch, but the whole part of getting open and getting the catch is pretty tough to him, at least in my opinion. Um, they have Shai Smith, who not a big fan of Shai Smith. He was arrested uh, in the offseason, and we... Uh, we, we like our players without a criminal record. Mm. Um, but, I mean, this is a very, very f- uh, weak free, agents, uh, free agency class for wide receivers, right? So you have guys, Nicole Hardman, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, you have a big shock and a release of Adam Thielen. Um, I think the Panthers have enough money right now where they could take a shot, or even if you want to trade one of the thirds you have or next year's third or... Trade something for a guy like uh, Nuke Hopkins. Uh, he'll be he'll be a you know rookie quarterback's best friend with the ability to jump and go get it. But my expectations for the Panthers, I think they're going to win a very they're going to win a very very weak NFC South. Uh, they're going to play great defense. They're going to run the ball. They're going to have a great coaching staff, um, and we may see some you know quarterback magic. But that's something you know to be seen. Depends on the pick. Um, but let's get back into that segue, right? So I'm talking about rookie contracts. Now, the Miami Dolphins have a quarterback on a rookie contract by the name of Tua Tagov... <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa. I was going to say Tua turn the ball over. I apologize. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he is a quarterback on a rookie deal, and they just got Jalen Ramsey for quite literally pennies on the dime. They got him for a tight end that was behind Mike Gusecki. He had... Uh, I'm gonna Tyler come, something. Yeah, I'm gonna come close to the mic. He had zero receptions in the regular season. He did have one playoff reception, um, but somebody that didn't get any use in the third round pick for quite possibly still a top ten, top five, top three quarterback in the league in Jalen Ramsey. Um, He's the guy you want on your team. Of course. And Miami's giving him money, too. And so again, they- Ram- and uh, I, I mentioned this in my uh, In No Particular Order segment as well. Uh, it's something that Jalen Ramsey said that he's been praying for and hoping for. Um, he wants to go. He wanted to go to the Dolphins. And um, I feel like it, it says a lot. When a player wants to go somewhere specifically and then gets to, I think that does a lot to alleviate you know, any mental blocks that a player might have about playing in a certain place. Like when certain guys have no trade clauses and whatever, and or if the player gets traded to somewhere that they don't want to be, like uh, Jonathan Quick to the Blue Jackets, you know, they're not going to want to play for them. But Jalen Ramsey's going to be at his best self, I think, when he's playing for the team he wanted to play for. I think that is, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's from at least mentally. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's from Florida. I know he went to Florida sure. State. He played with Jacksonville. Now he's back in Miami. He's in the three hundred five, Mister Worldwide, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> don't sue us, Pitbull, please. Um, <laughs> Dollar. <Donna. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> um, regardless, um, I think being in a warm weather state, I think no sales or not. I think no. Uh, Income tax. I think all of that is is wonderful. Plus, you get to play on a on a team. You get to team up with uh, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Right. You get to make some noise um, in a division that is 
up for grabs. And, you know, it's a good – everybody thinks the Bills are going to run it, but the Dolphins look good. The Patriots are always a threat, even though I hate to say that. I, I, I mean, I think their window's closed, but you never know with, with Billy B. Um and the uh, Jets, who can make some moves. I mean, there's the the Rodgers to Jets train is speeding up. I would guess. Um, so that division, he he has a chance to make some noise. And one thing I really really like about that division is not even that division, just this move Jalen Ramsey to the to the Dolphins is he gets a matchup twice a year with Stephon Diggs. And I love, you know, even even as a former offensive lineman uh, and a, a line lover, we'll call it, I am a big fan of watching wide receiver defensive back battles. They're probably one of my favorite things about a football game. And you get two really good ones with a premier wide receiver and a premier cornerback. And he gets the summer and the <laughs> sun and all things hot in Miami. In summer! Don't sue us. Oh, Disney. God. Okay. Um, the third straight week. <laughs> oh, just, oh dear. This is this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a thing. Um, okay, so some more NFL news. Um, we'll spin over to questionably my Tennessee Titans. I have nothing left. Taylor Lewan is gone. And <laughs> dad now, would be dad. Dad is gone. And now, <laughs> if, if, if if T is dad, let's call. Let's call Ben Jones Uncle Ben. Oh. Uncle Ben is gone. Uh, Rand Carthon is the Grim Reaper. You said it on, in uh, week one and I, I think in week two. Yeah, I, I, he's he's cleared it out and I guess it's what you have to do. Now we'll stay updated and let's see what they do with Big Jeff, if they're going to give him his money. So are you a, are you still going to be a Titans fan? No. I'm a Taylor Lewan <laughs> fan. We know that. So I will support, I'll support Lewan wherever he wants to play. Um, Where do you think he's going to play? Oh, good question. Uh, I think uh, now he made it very get him on the pod. Yeah, imagine he made it very, uh, very clear on his episode of Busting with the Boys that um, he wants to go to a team fairly local to Tennessee and he wants to play left tackle and blah 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 blah. And he had his list of demands. Long story short, I think he ends up in Kansas City. I think he goes there on a very very cheap contract with incentives. I think he's going to kill it if he's ready. You know what I mean? I don't think he's going to sign if his knee's not ready. Um, he's made more than a career of podcasting, and he's with Barstool. Speaking of Barstool, hit us up. That, that's um, the sponsor. <laughs> not not the sponsor. Hit one. us up. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's made more of a living. He has you know, two kids and a wife and a family and... All this, and, and he's all set. If you yeah, want, exactly, yeah. exactly. At one point, he was the highest paid tackle in the NFL in the history of the NFL. So, um, like I said, I think he ends up going to a team like Kansas City. And will it pain me to put a Kansas City window sticker on my car? Probably. Will I do it? Yeah. We love you, T. Um, it's a problem. I have a problem. <laughs> I, have, I have a problem. It was like me with Rick DiPietro. I have, I have a problem. Um, when I was little, I talked to him on the little. phone. I'm not little. I'm 24. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a man. This I'm a bad. man. This is bad. Um, oh, boy. Okay, so let's transition into another, um, we'll call it a local segment, I guess. I like how you move the show along. I spent four years you on the radio the moving the show along, and I, and I kind of like this today. You didn't, you didn't have me. Um, hey, <laughs> <laughs> not till the end. Um 
move on to our next uh, episode of the week. Not episode. Jesus Christ. Um, let's go to our next segment. This of is a non-denominational this... show. Let's go to this. the next segment of this episode. Um, I guess we can call it the uh, absolutely shit on the Giants portion. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what I'm about to do. Oh, man. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> Danny... Dimes. Oh, Danny. We can call him Danny, Danny Dollars. Boy. We can call him... Danny $40 million <laughs> a year. Uh, you know, he's the only quarterback in the last three oh, seasons God. to throw less touchdowns than games he played in. I mean, there's probably a lot of stats like that on him. Anthony. Anthony <laughs> Panthony. He's he's not... $40 million a year? Come on. That's a lot of money for a subpar quarterback. Now... That's like me teaching in my first year and then giving me the highest salary in the whole school. No, that's like you teaching and getting mediocre test grades because you have genius students and then they give you the highest salary. That's right. I think... I mean, I've spoken about the Giants, I think, on all three episodes. This is going to be a... This is going to be a running thing just because I like to piss all my friends off. Especially you, Bianca. You're new. Hope you're listening to it. You please cut my hair again. And they make it so easy, though. <laughs> they do, they do. You're gonna take the the best thing that's happened to your franchise in a while in Saquon Barkley, and you're gonna slap him with a franchise tag. That is the most. After coming off of an ACL and a bad season, and he came out, and if it weren't for Geno Smith, he's the comeback player of the year. Uh, and you're gonna slap you're gonna slap a uh, a franchise tag on him. Uh, I believe it's a non-exclusive, so they can match. Um, but, you know, I don't think anybody's giving up two firsts for Saquon. I might be wrong, but what the Giants... Now, let's again, let's play armchair GM. What I would have done if I'm, if I'm the Giants GM, I'm not paying Saquon. I'm not paying Dan Jones. I'm giving Dex, Dex Lawrence, uh, I'm giving him his contract extension. I'm going to try to rework that offensive line with what little cap space I have left. I believe it's like... 17 million or so um and i'm going to look around and i'm going to call Rand carthon and i'm going to say hey man ryan Tannehill is a high cap you know cap hit you're you're trying to you're trying to rebuild we'll give you a third round pick maybe a fourth round pick for a guy like ryan Tannehill. let's see if he works in this offense um because i mean Tannehill was he he led the Titans to almost if it wasn't for Tannehill they wouldn't have gotten close but right. if it wasn't for Tannehill they would have made it you know what I mean <laughs> so it's one of those situations with 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 Ryan Tannehill but he's a game manager he's not going to turn the ball over well he's going to turn the ball he's he's going to make for the most part he's going to make solid decisions um, he's very um, middling yes QB. yes middling it's a good word mid mid um, but. Let's look at, you know, Dan Jones and Saquon Barkley. What are they, what is their, that whole offense was just either Dan Jones running or Saquon running. And we saw, you know, obviously they can take a game over, like when you, what what you saw when they played Minnesota in the playoffs. But then they get, they get Philly in the playoffs and they take away Saquon and they take away Dan Jones and they get absolutely blown out. So, you know what I mean? Like it's, they're very one dimensional when it comes to that. I think they need, they need a lot. I've said this before. They need a lot more, and they've essentially dug themselves into an even bigger hole by having to give Dan Jones all this money for the next few years, and they they have to give Saquon, 
you figure Saquon only has a year left on the Giants. If and that's if somebody doesn't match. You know, somebody could be crazy enough like Buffalo, where if Buffalo thinks they're a running back away or Saquon can really change something, they'll give those two first round picks up. Do I think it's smart? Absolutely not. But again, you never know in the minds of NFL general managers. But all right, Chris, we're sitting at about forty eight minutes. The baby is starting to Wine. She's starting to tire. She's starting to tire. Um, <laughs> it's a slumber. Oh, now, she fell off. The ca- I've I've now no, been informed. She fell off. She fell off. The, the, mouse. the, the mouse. The mouse. The, the mice have informed us the that mice. Sabby has the mini mouse has fallen off the couch. <laughs> That's great. That's a great operation we got going yeah. on here. Oh, there she. Oh, the mouse is on the pod. Mouse in the house. Um, but regardless of. Regardless of everything, I can finally, I can finally start to plug our socials because they are a thing. Yes. So if you're listening, follow us on Instagram at Sports and Spaghetti Pod. Again, that is Sports and Spaghetti Pod. Do it. We are also live on TikTok, and that at please give me one second. Uh, follow us on TikTok. That is Sports and Spag Pod. Sports and Spag Pod. We will be posting um, some fairly, we think, is creative stuff. Also, that is going to be the only spot where you can see Chris Walker go on his weekly rants um, in his in no particular order, which was my favorite WXCI segment. And he could take a dump all over it. You That's can. what I want. I you want can. you to argue with me. You can, of course. And I, listen, listen. I don't hold anything back. I'll argue back. I have control of this. I have control of all of the socials. <laughs> Hi, baby. And don't forget, if you argue with me, I have a really cute baby, and so she's going to see it too. So be nice. As always, this is Anthony and Chris, as well as the mice. And the Minnie Mouse. And as always, thank you. We love you. Thank you for listening. Go subscribe. Go download the episodes. Tell your friends. Post us on social media. Give us a follow on Instagram. All that good stuff. And as always, stay full. <laughs>